Hey everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. We are a house church network. I encourage you to visit our website, learn about house churches. There's 10 videos on there, question and answer about house churches. Uh, there are uh, articles, sign up for my weekly thoughts and my monthly e-newsletter. That's where we put information about our Zoom online meetings, our conferences, things of that nature. So visit us on our website and sign up for the weekly thoughts, sign up for the monthly newsletter. That's where we'll find out, you'll find out information about us more and also any prophetic words, anything like that I put in the newsletter. So um, anyway, House Church Network, we rotate homes, we rotate who leads and uh, and there are literally thousands of people around the world that are on the same spiritual page with us, meeting at homes like they did in the early church and like they do mostly, frankly, around the world. The auditorium is such a minority now. Uh, in Christianity around the world. Only in the West do they think that's the only way or the main way of doing church. But anyway, let me go on. Today is part two about the ways that the Lord speaks to us. Today I want to focus on on um, angels and the Holy Spirit. You know, the Lord had said in John 16, 13, he said in verse 12, he said, I've got many more things to say to you, but you can't grasp them right now. But he said, I want to, uh, but he said, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but only what he hears, that's what he will speak, and he'll show you things to come. That element about the Holy Spirit only speaking what he hears. Very carefully, listen to what Jesus said in John 16, 13. He said, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of himself, but only what he hears. That's one reason we don't pray to the Holy Spirit. That's one reason that we don't, we don't ask the Holy Spirit for this or that or the other thing. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, only repeats what he hears. Paul goes into that, and I went into that last week in a little bit of detail in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 16. Paul kind of elaborates, expands upon Jesus' word in, in John 16, 13. And he talked about how the, the Holy Spirit searches the heart of the Father God so that and then speaks to us to reveal to us what the Father has prepared for us. You have to get it out of your mind. You're not praying to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit proceeds, John 15, 26. Jesus said the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father God. He functions as the soul of the Father God. Father God is a spirit. He's on a throne in heaven. It's made of heavenly material, but it's more real than the natural because that realm created this realm. And the Holy Spirit proceeds from him. He's the mind of God. He's the soul of the Father God. And, and he is the one who has recreated us and, and dwells in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so that number one, understanding what Jesus said in John 4, 24, and that passage in there where he said, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. God being a spirit, he communicates to our spirit man first and foremost. So even when we're talking about hearing an angel or, or uh, the Holy Spirit himself, uh, you have to look at it uh, slightly differently. You have to look at it from the st standpoint that Christ is in me, the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit is in me already, has recreated my spirit man so I can function in the things of God. Again, you can't look for him out there like a, some you know nebula with a personality or something like that. So... Uh, first off, we can read, like, like let, let's talk about angels first. Um, an angel um, is a messenger from God, and he is on the outside. He's never on the inside. Uh, they are individuals like we are. And uh, apparently we have guardian angels. Jesus talked about how the little children's angels always behold the face of the Father. There's no sign that you get rid of your angel when you go through your scary teenage years or, or something like that. Um, and so when an angel talks, it sounds like a person who's anointed by the spirit, but it's always from the outside. And you can tell many of us have had experiences. Me, when I was 14 years old, before I was really walking with the Lord, 
I had an experience where I was about to get on a, a small motorcycle, a mini bike, we call them. And I was deciding whether to wear my helmet or not. And I heard a voice behind me and slightly to my right saying, go ahead and obey your mom and put on your helmet. And I took that almost as my own thought and that suggestion. And I said, you know what? I mean, I'm a rebellious 14 year old, you know, uh, but I think I'm going to obey my mom and put on my helmet. Well, I put on a helmet and that helmet saved my life. I was in a wreck with the go-kart that was racing next to me where he veered into me. And I was three days in the hospital, five days at home recovering, but that helmet saved my life. Well, I only later learned that was my angel. And, and I perceived you pick up on it at the time, but you think about it later. It's like, okay, I heard something that was behind me. I had a college friend, a college uh, uh, guy that I knew, and he talked about how his senior year of high school, how a group of his buddies were going out drinking. And he put his hand on the car to get in the car with them. And he heard a voice that was beside him and, and slightly behind saying, don't do this. There's going to be a wreck. Don't go with them. There's going to be a wreck. And he, he said he took his hand off like it was hot. He said the voice shocked him and he didn't process it at the time to realize it was behind him and, and, and to the side, but he didn't process it. He just, it just internally, he just knew that, but it was only later when we were talking that he realized that this was a, that was a voice from the outside and he took it. He was a strong Roman Catholic kid and he took it to be an angel uh, talking to him, and he was exactly right. That's that's the way it is. So in Acts eight twenty six, we see an angel talking to Philip, and saying, you know, I want you to take take the highway down by Gaza, which go, which is desert, and and go that way. But in verse twenty nine, it says the Holy Spirit spoke to him, and said, "Go join yourself to this chariot." So what's the difference between in verse in Acts eight twenty six, where an angel spoke to him and gave him directions on what he was supposed to do, or verse twenty nine, where it says the Spirit said to him, "Join yourself to this chariot." The difference is this. Angels are on the outside. They're individuals. It's like in Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, where Cornelius, the Roman, he doesn't know the Lord yet, but he's a worshiper of the God of Israel. And while he's making his 3 p.m. prayers, the the or 1500, if you're using um, uh, European or military time, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he's praying, and an angel appears to him, and he says, he's because angels in this age cannot uh, share the gospel because Jesus didn't die for them. Jesus became one of us and died for us and lived for us. And so angels, it's not given to them to use the name of Jesus or to share the gospel. So he said, you need to go to Joppa, send for a guy, look for a guy named Simon. His, 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 uh, his, uh, job is that of a tanner. He lives by the sea. Look for a guy named Peter and he'll tell you what you need to do. And so the angel gave, gave Cornelius this message, but the angels on the outside is like an individual talking to him. And every time you see an angel, uh, even like in Acts 27, verses 22, 23, 24, you go through there where Paul is a, a, on a ship headed for Rome and it's t they're going to have a shipwreck. And he, Paul said, fear not for by me, for tonight stood by me an angel of God, whose I am and whose I, who I serve. So an angel stood by him. So angels are always individuals. The angel Gabriel came to Mary. They're never on the inside. They're always on the outside. And you can tell if you've had things in your life that have happened, you go through your life and you say, wow, that was like a voice from the outside. I took it almost as my own suggestion, my own thought, but there was a peace with it. And that's a, that's a mark of, of the spirit of God and also uh, of an angel talking. Uh, is that there is peace. Even if it's something bad, there is a peace that goes with it because, the, again, the spirit of truth, you know, the Father is truth. He is love. And so even if he's revealing something that could happen that's very negative, like my friend with his hand on the car door and the wreck that was going to happen, that did happen, he shared, um, and several of the guys were badly hurt, uh, or it's like Paul on the shipwreck or whatever, there's going to be a peace and there's going to be a provision with that, a provision of grace with that.
So angels are on the outside. You can tell if you just think about it, you know, where did that voice come from? Where did that instruction come from? It wasn't just in my mind. And, and a lot of times you can't process it at the time. It happens so quickly and so naturally. It's only later you reflect on it and you think, where did that come from? And you recognize it was like to my left or it was to my right or it was behind me or whatever the case is. Same way an angel, if they're in a room with you or in a time of worship or something, they feel like a person who has the presence of the Lord. They don't feel like the Lord himself. That's a much higher level of, of witness in your spirit, but but just like a person entering the room, they feel like they feel like they in your spirit man, the senses uh, that you feel is is like a person anointed by the spirit. Now, what about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is within. And because Christ is in us, the hope of glory, he's recreated your spirit man. Now, when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's very specific. So what I shared last week was perceive, discern, and witness, and those are vague. And I talked about, I ended up with talking about how out of that vagueness comes the specific. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, we always see in Scripture, when the Holy Spirit speaks, it is very specific. 99 times out of 100, when people have told me I heard the, the audible voice of God, when I really question them, if I've given the opportunity to question them and really, really zero in on it, nearly every single time when they say I heard the audible voice of God, it was really just the Holy Spirit. And they were so unaccustomed to hearing him speak directly in words. That is the loudspeaker in your brain. That is that is the the voice that it's like you hear it and it and it just it takes on it it, it just obliterates everything else. And and it's so all encompassing that uh, you, the un, the un, uh, uninitiated, I hate to say that, but the, the inexperienced person will think it's it's an audible voice. And, um, and so, you know, I'm just sharing that most of the time it's just the Holy Spirit and he is on the inside, but he seems audible. It seems like, wow, you know, did anybody else hear that? No, no, it's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit, unlike guide, speak, and show, both angels and the Holy Spirit are very specific in their directions. In Acts 8.26, the angel told Philip to go to a particular highway, which goes a particular way to go down. And then in, in verse 29, three verses later, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go join yourself to this chariot. It's always very specific. Acts chapter 10, the angel's talking to Cornelius, uh, the same thing. And, and even Peter up on the rooftop, when he sees the vision with the animals and the sheets and three times, and he says, and that says the spirit said to him, three men are looking for you. They're downstairs. Go with them. Nothing doubting. I've sent them. And and so the Holy Spirit is very, very specific. And he speaks again. The Holy Spirit speaks only what he's heard. He reveals what he's found from the father. I covered that last week. And so, and so what you're looking for is when, when that happens, it's louder. Now, when you are used to hearing the Holy Spirit, as a matter of, like I said, Hebrews 5.14, training your senses to discern between good and evil, if you're used to it, pretty soon, like when you're you're about to prophesy for somebody or something like that, you'll start hearing the Holy Spirit directly. Uh, the Father will talk to directly. And, and I'm not getting into how you can tell it's the Father or the Lord, except to say that the Father's more authoritative. Uh, Jesus, uh, the Father deals with, because he is a spirit and we are spirits, he, the Father created us, so he deals more with our purpose in life and our direction in life. Jesus became one of us. He was touched by the by our infirmities. So Jesus deals more with the soulish issues and the physical issues. And he sounds more like a friend uh, in Lord, like a, a person. But the Father is a little bit more authoritative and deals more on our purpose and our reason for existence. Uh, whereas Jesus deals more with the here and now. Um, 
the Father's presence feels like if you move, you're going to, to violate something sacred. It feels like sometimes your feet are set in concrete and you can't move. The holy hush comes on a congregation or yourself when you're there. That's the Father's presence. He deals with you way down on the inside. You don't even know in your mind what's going on. That's the Father dealing with you. Jesus' presence is lighter. He deals with the, our infirmities. He deals with our pressures in our soul and everything like that. And there's not that feeling of, of super holiness or whatever that you, you can't move, you can't speak or else you'll violate something sacred. That's the Father, that heaviness, that depth of purpose. That's why you're on this planet. That's the Father, God. That's his presence. That's what I love. That's who I fellowship with more than anything else. Anyway, um, so anyway, let me let me share from the vague to the specific along these lines. Um, Jesus is described as being the Logos of God, L-O-G-O-S. It means the general counsel of God, John 1.1. In the beginning was was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. That's all Logos. That's Genesis through Revelation. That's the general counsel of God. And, and he moves from that general counsel to the specific, from the vague to the specific. Out of the Logos comes the Rhema, R-H-E-M-A, used throughout Scripture to say when God speaks to you directly, has a word for you, has something he shows you, something he reveals to you, something he guides you in. Uh, witness, perceive, discern, something along those lines. The, out of the logos comes the rhema. That's what you're looking for. When you're focusing on in your spirit and you, you know God's presence is in there, you can sense his presence. You can feel that warmth. You can feel that presence on the inside. Out of that general presence comes the rhema, something specific to you, something he will show you, something he, that will, you'll be guided in, be led in, something that will bear witness with you. And so, um, so anyway, like like Romans ten seventeen says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word used there in the Greek is not logos. It's not the general counsel of God. It's rhema. Faith comes by hearing a rhema. In other words, Noah didn't just decide to build a boat. He got a specific word to build a boat. Out of the logos, out of the general came a specific. Moses just didn't decide to go back to Egypt. He received a rhema, a specific word. Out of the general came the specific. That's how we live. You're looking for the general presence of God. That's where you'll find the, the witness and things you perceive and discern, um, but it's it's but to hear the Holy Spirit is in, and and receive direct words that's the rhema, that's that's Matthew four four which is a quote of Deuteronomy that says man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the word word there in Matthew four four is is I believe that's the right is verse eight. Anyway, it's the word there is rhema. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every rhema. That is every specific word the Lord shows me. That's how I live. When you start equating that with your breakfast, <laughs> when you start equating that, you have that same hunger for your for food and for that specific word from God, that page to jump out, that verse to jump out at you, that's where it goes from the logos to the rhema. You've had that before where you're reading along in scripture, your mind's kind of in neutral, and suddenly one verse will get your attention. That's the coming out of the logos to the rhema. And that means the Lord wants you to focus on that, to spend time on that verse, on that principle, on that concept that's shared there. Anyway, I've gone on and on, and I need to, to end this. So I uh, hope this has been a blessing to you, cwowi.org. And uh, look at my interviews on uh, Deep Believer Network on uh, on uh, YouTube as well. Uh, you'll be blessed for that. All right, God bless.